everybody, little Scotty here to talk to you today about a little bit of everything. You know, maybe some stories from childhood memories, things that make you laugh, things that you wonder if your parents were completely out of their minds, and other things maybe related to raising kids. Um, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Um, I raised four of my own. Um, they've all turned out very well, and they're all out of the house. Woo! And um, I also had some very interesting parents who, you know, they, I don't blame them anymore. I used to blame them and get upset with them, but uh, the truth is is that they did the only way of parenting that they could do, which is what they were taught, which makes my grandma and grandpas really responsible for this. So anyhow, um, I was trying to think of a story that um, I remember from my childhood that might make you laugh a little bit, and the one that came to my mind was um, it was downstairs um, Christmas time. We had a Christmas um, there, and uh, my mom, for some reason, I think probably because she was OCD had uh, the idea that um, everybody would get their presents in a pile and that that pile would be opened in uh, order of age of the child, starting with the youngest. Well, being that I was the oldest, I got to wait. So everybody watched as the siblings got their presents and, you know, surprised my mom didn't demand a, or, um, you know, applause every time somebody opened a present, but she did uh, watch and, you know, look at everything that went down, and I noticed that my pile was really small. I mean, like, maybe three presents, and that was it, and my sister always and still gets me underwear, so I don't, I'm assuming that one of these is underwear, and that the other two are probably from my parents. And I'm thinking, you know, I was maybe a little bad, but not that bad. And uh, I was 14 at the time. So, you know, Christmas, I, I kind of knew all the rules and I knew what was really going on. You know, it takes a lot to get those things by me. Um, and uh, for some reason, just the the lousiest Christmas ever, I thought, you know, why in the hell didn't they get me more presents? This is crazy, you know, and... Then I started thinking, well, maybe they figured I'd understand, you know, being that uh, I'm the oldest and, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. And so I started to just kind of go, all right, you know, I get it. No big deal. Well, I finish opening my presents and I get like a shirt and a, I don't know, some other little thing. And then, of course, the underwear from my sister. And uh, I'm pleasantly uh, smiling and saying thank you very much and you know, standing up and applauding for my mother who probably picked out the gifts, you know, because she was really into uh, praise for anything she did. So um, even though she's the one who picked the uh, five kids to have. So anyhow, uh, my dad goes, you know, he didn't get enough presents. And my mom said, well, I think he got plenty. And uh, I said, well, I don't know. I got less than everybody else. And my dad said, yeah, that's not fair. I, you know what? I think there might be one more present for you in the laundry room. 
which was right next to the family room where we were opening presents. And I said, uh, really? And he goes, yeah, there's one more in there. And uh, so I get up and I slowly open the door in the uh, laundry room and there's a frickin' motorcycle in there. And I almost had a heart attack. Um, this is well beyond my parents' means and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Now this was a Czechoslovakian bike um, motorcycle. Um, it was only a 50cc motorcycle. It could barely get out of its own way, but it was a motorcycle. So I was ecstatic. And uh, it was a warm Christmas day, so I got out there. It's in the laundry room, so I got to push it up six stairs first with my dad's help and get it out there, put the gas in, and uh, I'm cruising up and down the driveway, you know, and down into the street and turn around and because my dad was adamant not to ride that thing on the street, you know, and of course for me to listen to him, that would mean he would have to be staying home all day, which he didn't. So, um, was one of the greatest Christmases we ever had. So, you know, for me, that was one of the things that I thought would be a pleasant story for you to hear about my parents, because the last one was kind of nasty. So, as I think of them, I'll tell you, but, um... That's another thing I was going to talk to you about is uh, Christmas for kids, even though it's nowhere near Christmas time. Um, Christmas should be a magical time for kids. It just should be something that is unbelievable. If you're one of those guys like from the Breakfast Club who gets their 16-year-old a case of cigarettes, um, stop over. I'd like to slap you in the head. Um, Anyhow, it's something that you should remember that Christmases are things that kids remember forever. You know, do you remember that Christmas I got this? And, you know, it's it's really a special thing for them. So when you go to do your Christmas shopping and you're kind of going through all the Christmas gifts and everything that you could possibly get one of those children, um, whether it be a boy or a girl, you know, just... Uh, Just think about it and think, will this make that kid jump up and down? And if it's, you know, something you're trying to get last minute, you know, uh, you you might be better off just skipping it. Um, I could always tell the last minute gifts, you know, it was always something that just didn't seem right. You know, like a a pencil holder with, uh, you know, change and someplace for your wallet and all that other stuff, you know, the kind of stuff you get at Brookstone today, you know, or whatever that place is called. So, um, try to, try to pick the kid's brain, you know, saying, you know, hey, Santa called me, you know, if the kid's a little kid, you, you know what you have to do. And, uh, you know, Santa calls you and he wants to know if, uh, he can ask, you know, um, Josh, if there's a couple extra presents he might want. Um, because he's he lost his list and you know he's having trouble remembering and you know Josh will be in shock in the back seat of course and he will blurt out a couple more presents that you didn't know about and that Santa didn't know about so you know um, that'll help that'll help get things you know rolling for you and uh, you can just make sure you get those things and Christmas doesn't have to be huge, you know, it doesn't have to be 20 presents for each kid, especially if you're 
buying presents for a first kid who's two years old. Uh, don't, you know, get him a teddy bear and, uh, you know, maybe a new bike that they can push or ride or something like that, you know, something simple. Um, Two-year-olds don't realize what's going on, so, you know, don't go crazy. Anyhow, um, with all these things that are available nowadays electronically, um, I'm more for getting presents that will get a child to go outside. Uh, my granddaughter is four. Well, she just turned five today, actually. It's her birthday, and uh, she turned five. And all the family went together and got her a Barbie camper, which I had no idea cost about $500. Um, but it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. She can stop and barbecue, and uh, there's hot dogs and a roast Things like that. And, you know, she opens the back door, sets up the barbecue, and um, it's an absolute riot to watch. And it's a, you know, driving mobile, so she gets in it. We make sure it's charged, and she drives up and down the street, or not the street, the sidewalk, um, because it doesn't go 45 miles an hour. But she, you know, has a great time. She's learned how to drive it herself, so she can do it. And, uh, you know, my wife walks alongside of her and stops with her when they have a picnic and everything of that nature unfortunately papa's a little bit uh, disabled so he has trouble getting up and down and stuff like that so i'm afraid i'm stuck in the chair most of the time but i can watch him out the window which is fun so anyhow um those kind of presents you know where everybody goes in on something and it's just the most incredible present and the kid will never forget it those kind of presents are really special presents. You know, it's only one present, but holy cow, it's the greatest present ever. So what I would say is, you know, just just remember that um, each kid will have their own, you know, special present that they want. And I think that with time, if you, you know, kind of put your mind to it, you can figure out which present they want. And try to get them the one that they want and then you won't have to worry about getting a bunch of other ones that they don't really care about. So anyhow, I think that uh, that's the end of my Christmas speech, but I got a few other things to say, so hold on a second. All right, folks, I'm back. Not that I went anywhere, I just was messing with my new software I got, which is totally confusing for a 58-year-old man, but I'm doing my best. Um, the other thing I thought I'd talk about today is basically just comedy. Um, I'm a grandpa. I've been a grandpa for five years. My job is to make my grandchild laugh. That's the only job I really have, is to make her laugh. Um, So whatever I got to do, wear a silly hat, put a bag over my head, you know, chase her, which is entertaining as all hell. Um, I told you I was a big guy, right? Yeah, I did. And at six foot two and about 300 pounds, um, me running is really entertaining for the whole crowd, actually. So um, sometimes I chase her and she thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. I can usually get a couple laps in and then I have to sit down. Um, but anyhow, um, making a child laugh is probably the most wonderful thing you can do. And it's not only your grandchildren, it's your own children. Um, you know... Everybody has hard days at work. Um, 
I know I had my fair share of them. I worked with doctors. It was a, what they call a pediatric echotech, giving myself away here. But um, I did ultrasound of the heart on kids that were born with heart defects. So as you can imagine, some of my days were pretty sad. Um, you know, you lose a child, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to finish your day with a smile, so to speak. And uh, unfortunately, over 33 years, I watched quite a few children die. So um, sometimes it was hard to come home from work and not be in a crabby mood. And, you know, um, the thing I'd do is on the way home, I would try to, you know, maybe pray for the child a little bit. And I'm not a big religious person, trust me. But prayer doesn't hurt anything. So um, pray for the child and make sure that, you know, God knew that I was thinking the, thinking about the child and making sure that they're comfortable and going to be raised up in heaven and all that other fun stuff. So anyhow, if you can try to relax your mind a little bit on the way home, and I know that's hard if you're sitting in traffic. God love you LA people. I don't know how you do it. Um, I live in the Chicago area and I don't know how I did it because Chicago is probably second only to Los Angeles for traffic. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to sit there in traffic and not steam about everything that happened that day. Um, doctors are probably the worst people you can work for in general because they have enormous egos and it sometimes is ridiculous the things that they want, the things that they ask for, the stuff that they demand of you. You know, you have a play to go to tonight for your kid and they want you to stay and do two more echoes so that you can, you know, make them happy. And uh, it gets very frustrating and you end up missing half of the, you know, the play or whatever and it's all because this doc couldn't wait till the next day when the echo could have been done or it's the same thing with your boss. You know, your boss says, I need this on my desk by the end of the day. And, you know, it was supposed to be done by Friday and it's Tuesday <laughs> and you want to kill him. So um, I kind of have a feeling that I know what it's like and you know what it's like to be in one of those moods when you're coming home. But remember, um, these are your kids you're coming home to. And your kids, they just think that you are the nicest thing since sliced bread. So whatever that means, I don't know. Sliced bread is nice, but I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, anyhow, if you get home and you're in a crabby-ass mood and you're, you know, steaming about it and you go lock yourself in your room and you lay down and close your eyes and you know, I'm going to sit here for 45 minutes and do nothing. And then you come out and you're all crabby at dinner and crabby at, you know, you don't ask the kids how school was. You just yell at them for spilling their milk and, you know, whatever. It's, you know, those kind of people. And we all have days where we can be those kind of people. Um, remember, your kids don't know what kind of day you had. So, I think that a lot of times if you actually take the time to realize that and realize that your kids didn't know that this doc yelled at you or that this baby died or that something terrible happened and you saw, <clears throat> I saw one time in an ICU at a big city hospital, I saw a guy walk in with a, a gun and uh, 
go over to his son's crib and pull the plug on the baby's ventilator and sit there and hold the baby with the gun in his hand and made sure that no one came to try to save the baby. Um, and when the baby was gone, he laid the gun down and laid the baby back in the crib and the police took him away. But he was adamant about letting that baby go and nobody went in there and they just let him have what he wanted. And you can imagine what kind of stress you're in when you're in the ICU and the cops are telling you, don't move, stay where you're at, you know. And I was in the ICU doing another echo on a baby there. So a little bit of stress involved in that day. Um, so remember that just because your day was hell, their day might have been great. You know, they could have had a great grade on a test. They could have had the teacher tell them what fantastic work they're doing and how proud they are of them. Um, you know, sometimes a child has trouble with something. Teacher says, you're doing really good in this now. I'm really proud for you working so hard with your parents to learn this. And all that stuff is important. And to them, it's the world. Well, if you come home all crabby and, you know, just nasty and in a terrible mood, you're going to ruin that little bit of excitement that they have built up in them. And you know what? Not worth it. Not worth ruining your child's night or the next day probably too because some idiot doctor or some idiot boss yelled at you for no apparent reason other than he was looking for someone to yell at, which I've seen before. And uh, you just have to remember that the kids have nothing to do with that. So you have to completely clear your mind by the time you get home and walk up into that house because those kids are going to run up and hug you and you need to be dad not Jim the accountant you know who just got yelled at by the CPA for missing a number on a spreadsheet you know you just need to be dad and they're all going to run up to you. I had that happen to me so many times, and it was so wonderful. You have a terrible day, and all four kids would run up to me and give me a hug. And it was just, it just made everything better. So, and kind of embrace that and remember that that's what's going to happen when you get home, or, you know, you could make it happen if you want. And uh, all that will make things better. So, just remember that sometimes those days, can ruin a kid's day and you don't want to do that it's just not worth it you know some idiot got to you so bad that you ruin not only your day but your kid's day it's just so it's just so bad that these kind of things happen but unfortunately there are a lot of people on power you know they're power hungry and they want to make everybody else look like a fool so that they can look great you know, they take credit for your work, even though you're the one who did it. You know what I'm talking about. The bosses that you'd like to open the window and throw them out the 30-story window. Um, but they have a tendency to uh, frown upon that in human resources when you throw your boss out the 34th, 30th floor window. So um, I wouldn't recommend it, but I would understand. So anyhow, um, do me a favor. And remember that that child is seeing dad for the first time in the day. Maybe you, you're like I was and ended up leaving a lot of times early and didn't get to see him. Um, as I got older, 
I got to do that because I made my own hours and that made things a lot better. But I think that if you can just remember to, you know, change your attitude, change your mind and have some fun with those kids, you know, just chase them around. You know, if you got a three-year-old boy, you know, trucks are wonderful. Go get some plastic Tonka trucks and play trucks with them, you know. You can go outside and play in the dirt if you want. Um, there's so many things that can change your, your mind and your attitude when you have kids. And it's great. I mean, it's not only kids, but it's your your bride, too. I'm talking to the guys here, but I could be talking to the women, too. You know, you're, you're really responsible for your your life with your wife or husband before you have children too and just because you have a bad day doesn't mean you have to take it out on the person that you said uh, you know you'd stick with through thick and thin and all that other fun stuff you say in the altar Um, so don't take it out on them either it's just it's a bad habit and it will catch up to you women who get screamed at all the time eventually will leave and uh, men who get treated like crap will eventually find someone that doesn't treat them like crap you think I'm lying keep keep doing it see what happens um, unfortunately I've seen it happen many times like I said I'm not young I'm 58 years old I have seen stuff like this happen you may not have because you're in your 20s but it does happen a woman who bosses around her husband makes him look like crap and he eventually just checks out And the opposite is true, too. You know, a woman who feels belittled by her husband is eventually going to walk away from him. And she'll find someone new who treats her well. And then you're going to be standing out there looking like the fool, you know, with all your friends. And now your wife is gone because you treated her like shit and they all know it. So please think about that before you, you know, you come home from a bad day and you want to take it out on somebody else especially if it's a child. You don't want to do that. Um, Just remember that love is more than, you know, just being there. You really have to interact with the person you love. And that, you know, if it's children, that means you have to get down on the floor and play with them. You know, you have to go outside and pitch the ball to them and let them hit the ball around, you know, and take them down to the park and you know if they're six or seven years old they're they're going to swing and they're going to hit the ball far and you need to be in a park (laughs) you can't be in your backyard to be paying for windows all the time so anyhow so i got about seven minutes left so i thought i'd tell you one more funny story and then we'll call it a podcast um so i was 16 or 17 years old and I have a younger sister who's a year younger than me and uh, so she was probably 16 and uh, I got tickets to see REO Speedwagon Uh, you get a nice prize if you know who REO Speedwagon is Um, I'm not going to show up at your house and give you the prize, don't worry Um, but at the time, REO Speedwagon was a very big band and you could, uh, fill, they could fill the stadium in Chicago. So, um, I liked their music, but I really bought the tickets to take this one girl that I really wanted to go out with. 
Um, so I went to school, asked her if she'd go, and she said yes, and I was shocked because I didn't think she'd want to go with the big chubby guy, but it was REO Speedwagon, so I knew it was her favorite band. That's why I bought the tickets. So 